0: Good evening. I'm Adrian Sala and you're listening to WikiSleep. Tonight I'm going to read to you part 5 in the Metamorphosis by Franz Kafka. As ever, I encourage you to engage with this on the WikiSleep app, which is entirely ad- free and costs only about a buck fifty a week. It's a small investment into your sleep health, and sleep health is mental health. Thank you again for your support, and I look forward to finishing this book with you over the next few days. Someone dared to remove the apple lodged in Gregor's flesh, so it remained there as a visible reminder of his injury. He had suffered it there for more than a month, and his condition seemed serious enough to remind even his father that Gregor, despite his current sad and revolting form, was a family member who could not be treated as an enemy. On the contrary, As a family, there was a duty to swallow any revulsion for him and to be patient. Just to be patient. Because of his injuries, Gregor had lost much of his mobility, probably permanently. He had been reduced to the condition of an ancient invalid and it took him long, long minutes to crawl across the room crawling over the ceiling was out of the question, but this deterioration in his condition was fully, in his opinion, made up for by the door to the living room being left open every evening. He got into the habit of closely watching it for one or two hours before it was opened and then. Lying in the darkness of his room, where he could not be seen from the living room, he could watch the family in the light of the dinner table, and listen to their conversation, with everyone's permission in a way, and thus quite differently from before. They no longer held the lively conversations of earlier times, of course, the ones that Gregor always thought about with longing. When he was tired and getting into the damp bed In some small hotel room All of them are usually very quiet nowadays Soon after dinner His father would go to sleep in his chair His mother and sister would urge each other to be quiet His mother bent deeply under the lamp would sew fancy underwear for a fashion shop His sister, who had taken a sales job, learned shorthand and French in the evenings so that she might be able to get a better position later on. Sometimes his father would wake up and say to Gregor's mother, You're doing so much sewing today, as if he did not know that he had been dozing. And then he would go back to sleep again while mother and sister would exchange a tired grin. With a kind of stubbornness, Krager's father refused to take off his uniform even at home. While his nightgown hung unused on its peg, Krager's father would slumber where he was, fully dressed, as if always ready to serve and expecting to hear the voice of his superior even here. The uniform had not been new to start with. But as a result of this, it slowly became even shabbier despite the efforts of Gregor's mother and sister to look after it. Gregor would often spend the whole evening looking at all the stains on this coat, with its gold buttons always kept polished and shiny while the old man in it would sleep, highly uncomfortable but peaceful. As soon as it struck ten, Gregor's mother would speak gently to his father to wake him and try to persuade him to go to bed, as he couldn't sleep properly where he was and he really had to get his sleep if he was able to be up at 6am to go to work. But since he had been in work, he had become more obstinate and would always insist on staying longer at the table even though he regularly fell asleep and it was then harder than ever to persuade him to exchange the chair for his bed. Then, however much mother and sister would importune him with little reproaches and warnings, he would keep slowly shaking his head for a quarter of an hour with his eyes closed and refusing to get up. Gregor's mother would tug at his sleeve, whisper endearments into his ear. Gregor's sister would leave her work to help her mother, but nothing would have any effect on him. He would just sink deeper into his chair. Only when the two women took him under the arms, he would abruptly open his eyes, look at them one after the other, and say, What a life. This is what peace I get in my old age. And supported by the two women, he would lift himself up carefully, as if he were carrying the greatest load himself. Let the women take him to the door, send them off and carry on by himself, while Gregor's mother would throw down her needle and his sister her pen so that they could run after his father and continue being of help to him. who, in this tired and overworked family, would have had the time to give more attention to Gregor than was absolutely necessary. The household budget became even smaller, so now the maid was dismissed. An enormous, thick-boned charwoman with white hair that flapped around her head came every morning and evening to do the heaviest work. Everything else was looked after by Gregor's mother on top of the large amount of sewing work she did. Gregor even learned, listening to the evening conversation, about what price they had hoped for that several items of jewelry belonging to the family had been sold. Even though both mother and sister had been very fond of wearing them at functions and celebrations The loudest complaint was that although the flat was much too big for their present circumstances They could not move out of it There was no imaginable way of transferring Gregor to the new address He could see quite well though but there were more reasons than consideration for him that made it difficult for them to move. It would have been quite easy to transport him in any suitable crate with a few air holes in it. The main thing holding the family back from their decision to move was much more down to their total despair. and the thought that they had been struck with misfortune unlike anything experienced by anyone else they knew or were related to. They carried out absolutely everything that the world expects from poor people. Gregor's father brought bank employees their breakfast. His mother sacrificed herself by washing clothes for strangers. His sister ran back and forth behind her desk at the behest of the customers, but they just did not have the strength to do any more. And the injury in Gregor's back began to hurt as much as when it was new. After they had come back from taking his father to bed... Gregor's mother and sister would now leave their work where it was and sit close together, cheek to cheek. His mother would point to Gregor's room and say, Close that door, Greed. And then, when he was in the dark again, they would sit in the next room and their tears would mingle. Or they would simply sit there staring, dry eyed, at the table. Gregor hardly slept at all, either night or day. Sometimes he would think of taking over the family's affairs, just like before, the next time the door was opened. He had long forgotten about his boss and the chief clerk, but they would appear again in his thoughts. The salesmen and the apprentices... That stupid tea boy two or three friends from other businesses, one of the chambermaids from a provincial hotel, a tender memory that appeared and disappeared again, a cashier from a hat shop for whom his attention had been serious but too slow. All of them appeared to him, mixed together with strangers and others he had forgotten, But instead of helping him and his family They were all of them inaccessible And he was glad when they disappeared Other times he was not at all in the mood To look after his family He was filled with a simple rage About the lack of attention he was shown and although he could think of nothing he would have wanted, he made plans of how he could get into the pantry where he could take all of the things he was entitled to, even if he was not hungry. Gregor's sister no longer thought about how she could please him, but would hurriedly push some food or other into his room with her foot. Before she rushed out to work in the morning and at midday And in the evening she would sweep it away again with the broom Indifferent as to whether it had been eaten or not More often than not it had been left totally untouched She still cleared up the room in the evening But now she could not have been any quicker about it Smears of dirt were left on the walls Here and there were little balls of dust and filth At first, Gregor went into one of the worst of these places When his sister arrived as a reproach to her But he could have stayed there for weeks without his sister doing anything about it She could see the dirt as well as he could But she had simply decided to leave him to it At the same time, she became touchy in a way that was quite new for her And which everyone in the family understood Cleaning up Gregor's room was for her and her alone Gregor's mother did once thoroughly clean his room and needed to use several bucketfuls of water to do it. Although that much dampness also made Gregor ill and he lay flat on the couch, bitter and immobile. But his mother was to be punished, still more for what she had done as hardly had his sister arrived home in the evening than she noticed the change in Gregor's room and, highly aggrieved, ran back into the living room where, despite her mother's raised and imploring hands, she broke into convulsive tears. Her father, of course, was startled out of his chair and the two parents looked on astonished and helpless. Then they, too, became agitated. Gregor's father, standing to the right of his mother, accused her of not leaving the cleaning of Gregor's room to his sister. From her left, Gregor's sister screamed at her that she was never to clean Gregor's room again. While his mother tried to draw his father, who was beside himself with anger, into the bedroom, his sister, quaking with tears, thumped on the table with her small fists, and Gregor hissed in anger that no one had even thought of closing the door to save him the sight of this and all its noise. Gregor's sister was exhausted from going out to work and looking after Gregor as she had done before was even more work for her, but even so his mother ought certainly not to have taken her place. Gregor on the other hand ought not to be neglected. Now though, the Charwoman was here The elderly widow with a robust bone structure that made her able to withstand the hardest of things in her long life wasn't really repelled by Gregor. Just by chance one day, rather than any real curiosity, she opened the door to Gregor's room and found herself face to face with him. He was taken totally by surprise. No one was chasing him, but he began to rush to and fro while she just stood there in amazement with her hands crossed in front of her. From then on, she never failed to open the door slightly every evening and morning and look briefly in on him. At first, She would call to him as she did so, with words that she probably considered friendly, such as, Come on then, you old dung beetle, or, Look at the old dung beetle there. Gregor never responded to being spoken to in that way, but just remained where he was without moving, as if the door had never even been opened. If only they had told this charwoman to clean up his room every day instead of letting her disturb him for no reason whenever she felt like it. One day, early in the morning, while a heavy rain struck the window panes, perhaps indicating that spring was coming, she began to speak to him in that way once again. Gregor was so resentful that he started to move toward her. He was slow and infirm, but it was like a kind of attack. Instead of being afraid, the charwoman just lifted up one of the chairs from near the door and stood there with her mouth open, clearly intending not to close her mouth until the chair in her hand had been slammed down into Gregor's back. Aren't you coming any closer then, she asked when Gregor turned around again, and she calmly put the chair back in the corner. Gregor had almost entirely stopped eating, only if he happened to find himself next to the food that had been prepared for him, he might take some of it into his mouth to play with it. Leave it there a few hours and then, more often than not, spit it out again. At first, he thought it was distress at the state of his room that stopped him eating, but he had soon got used to the changes made there. They had got into the habit of putting things into his room that they had no room for anywhere else. And there were now many such things, as one of the rooms in the flat had been rented out to three gentlemen. These earnest gentlemen, all three of them had full beards, as Gregor learned peering through the crack in the door one day, were painfully insistent on things being tidy. This meant, not only in their own room, but, since they had taken a room in this establishment, In the entire flat and especially in the kitchen Unnecessary clutter was something they could not tolerate Especially if it was dirty They had moreover brought most of their own furnishings and equipment with them For this reason, many things had become superfluous Which, although they could not be sold the family did not wish to discard All these things found their way into Grigor's room The dustbins from the kitchen found their way in there too The charwoman was always in a hurry And anything she couldn't use for the time being She would just chuck in there He fortunately would usually see no more than the object and the hand that held it. The woman most likely meant to fetch the things back out again when she had time and the opportunity, or to throw everything out in one go, but what actually happened was that they were left where they landed when they had first been thrown unless Gregor made his way through the junk and moved it somewhere else. At first, he moved it because, with no other free room where he could crawl about, he was forced to. Later on, he came to enjoy it, although moving it in that way left him sad and tired to death, and he would remain immobile for hours afterwards. gentlemen who rented the room would sometimes take their evening meal at home in the living room that was used by everyone, and so the door to his room was often kept closed in the evening. McGregor found it easy to give up having the door open. He had, after all, often failed to make use of it when it was open and, without the family having noticed it, laying in his room in its darkest corner. One time, though, the charwoman left the door to the living room slightly open, and it remained open when the gentleman who rented the room came in in the evening and the light was put on. They sat up at the table where, formerly, Gregor had taken his meals with his father and mother. They unfolded the serviettes and picked up their knives and forks. Gregor's mother immediately appeared in the doorway with a dish of meat, and soon behind her his sister came with a dish piled high with potatoes. The food was steaming and filled the room with its smell. The gentlemen bent over the dishes set in front of them as if they wanted to test the food before eating it and the gentleman in the middle, who seemed to count as an authority for the other two, did indeed cut off a piece of meat while it was still in its dish, clearly wishing to establish whether it was sufficiently cooked or whether it should be sent back to the kitchen. It was to his satisfaction, and Gregor's mother and sister, who had been looking on anxiously, began to breathe again and smile. family themselves ate in the kitchen, nonetheless, Gregor's father came into the living room before he went into the kitchen, bowed once with his cap in his hand, and did his round of the table. The gentlemen stood as one and mumbled something into their beards. Then, once they were alone, they ate in near-perfect silence. It seemed remarkable to Gregor that above all the various noises of eating, their chewing teeth could still be heard, as if they had wanted to show Gregor that you need teeth in order to eat, and it was not possible to perform anything with jaws that are toothless, however nice they might be. I'd like to eat something, said Gregor anxiously, but not anything like they're eating. They do feed themselves, and here I am, dying.